Welcome to Sunday Celebrations. This is the podcast version of a radio show that airs on Easy Music 3MP every Sunday morning at 8 o'clock. Thanks to Tobin Brothers Funerals Celebrating Lives, we chat to people each week who have played a part in shaping life in Melbourne. Business people, sportsmen and women, musicians, politicians and broadcasters. In this episode, we're joined by Movember co-founder and global brand and creative director, Travis Garoni. Before that very first mustache changed everything back in 2003, Travis was a creative bringing artistic concepts to life for youth-driven surfing, skateboarding and music brands. Then a chance conversation in a Melbourne bar changed everything. Movember has become one of the world's best-known fundraising activities, raising over a billion dollars across more than 20 countries. So, without further ado, welcome to Sunday Celebrations, Travis Garoni. Thanks for having me. It's, uh, it's, good to, it's good to be able to have a chat. We've been chatting a little bit before we started recording this thing, and, and I get a sense that Movember is only going to continue to grow and grow and grow, and we will come back to Movember shortly, but let's rewind right back to the start and growing up in Melbourne. You're a Melbourne lad, yeah? Yeah, yeah, I am. Um, yeah, my father's from sort of the Fitzroy and Brunswick area, and my mum's actually from Warrandyte. So a lot of the early days were, were Warrandyte-based uh, until I sort of you know fled straight back to this, the madness of Fitzroy. Branding and creative has become your career over the years. You've been involved in some pretty impressive brands and some pretty impressive agency stuff. Where did that start? Where did that spark of, I think I want to be in the creative branding industry come from? Uh, you know, it was, it was probably something I kind of shied away from or I didn't, didn't really take super serious. Um, my, my, my dad's creative, very talented. He is a, you know, a, a, always ran a, a very successful business in sign writing, so traditional yeah. signage. That's an incredible skill. It's something I think we all look back on now, and it's probably it's it's more respected and and admired than than ever before. You know, I, I watched my dad through. You know, I'm born in 1972, so the end of the 70s and into the 80s. I I just remember watching dad paint by hand the most amazing things. Obviously, yeah. a lot of signage, a lot of typography from all kinds of weird and wonderful things from, you know, aeroplanes to racing cars and, you know, all through the Peter Brock era. And, and when you start to fade colours and, and then you sort of, like anything, technology comes along, speed to market, yeah. consistency, and you started to get these vinyl cut things. And it's whilst that was great because, you know, you're not... <laughs> sort of sniffing thinners or terps to work out what it is, you know, which I watched dad do for decades. He's like a big whiff of it. And it's like, whoa, thinners. I'm like, wow. Anyway, um, I don't know. Maybe that's where my love of typography came along, especially as a creative. I've always really focused on, I've had a love for type, you know, and I ended up (laughs) marrying my wife, who's also a type Nazi, you know, so she's, she's very similar to me. So I think that's probably where it, really came along uh but at the same time this is pre-computers when i was studying i was telling someone the other day we did a there was a, a subject in my design called computers yeah, 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 yes <laughs> i remember quite that odd to think of in this day and age but um you know i think that's where the spark came from and i wasn't really until i was sort of getting into the last sort of years of of high school college we went to a college out in white in called whitefriars college mm. out in Donvale. yeah 
it's very academic school, very, but very sports-based as well. And I just wanted to be immersed in nature. I didn't realize, I had kind of like a couple of rules for myself in life. And it's like, don't settle down till you've seen the world and never, never work inside, never work at a desk job. You know, and it's like, that didn't really, that didn't work out, <laughs> out for me. But saying that, a lot of the clients that I was very fortunate enough to work with, very, very blessed, you know, to travel the world with, they were action sports, they were sort of mountaineering brands, they were brands that I aspired to or I loved or I used, you know, used yeah. their products. Yeah. So that kind of kept me in the great outdoors, not, even though I was yeah, tied to agencies and studios around the place. It can be really uplift, uplifting is the wrong word, can provide extra inspiration when you have, you mentioned client before, when you have a client that is brave, can really open the imagination, can't it? Yeah. Uh, listen, that is the best word. It took me maybe halfway through my career to to discover that word. Mm. And, you know, and, and it was one I would use the whole time through meeting someone, you know, you kind of sussing each other out. This is what I do. This is mm. what we want to do. And, you know, I would literally say, how brave are you? <laughs> and they're like, well, we're so brave. We want to disrupt, you know, we want to mess the world up and turn it on its head i'm like right we'll come back to this conversation in six months time right when you're not really brave or you know brave is also it's like beauty's in the eye of the beholder what yeah. i think is brave it might not be that brave to someone else mm. but it, it is a word that we could gauge someone's sort of appetite for how crazy they want to go mm. or how disruptive they want to be um is by yeah sort of laying that on the table in the first couple of conversations and uh you know, it, you know, I suppose as a creative, you, you know, frustrated creative, you kind of, you get halfway through these amazing, what an amazing brief could be, and you realise that, nah, they just wanted a shinier, prettier version of what they already are. They really didn't, they really weren't brave enough to risk, mm. risk something in their business, whether that's, you know, reputation or, or, you know, their client base or whatever. So, yeah, I love it. How brave are you feeling today, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen? <laughs> now, you, you, because you were involved um, as a co-founder and pretty heavily involved in the streetwear uh, doomsday. Is that, is that all still an active part of your life? Uh, not for me. I I got out of doomsday. Gosh, it's all happened so quickly. I I want to say about eighteen months ago. Yeah. Um, mind you, now maybe two years ago now. So this year is just. Yeah, we just just draw a line, draw a line in this. Yeah, I don't know, somewhere a while ago. Yeah, yeah. It basically, I mean, you know, Doomsday was. It had been on our on our sort of list of things to do a retail shop. uh, For it had been like ten or fifteen years. I'd been talking about this thing. It's a long time. Yeah, uh, with one of my business partners, and we're like, right, let's just go for it. I think we were doing the work of Doomsday for many other brands. Mm. And we had sort of pitched the the concept of this particular store uh, to a bunch of people, you know, a bunch of big brands. And they couldn't really get their heads around it. And obviously the bigger brands are or bigger organizations are, the amount of, you know, per square meter, the return and the investment, yeah. and, you know, the rack, you know, racking. And uh, we worked a lot in retail over the years and big box retail too, as, mm. as well as little, little independence. And I just wanted to free myself from all those restraints and having to sort of pitch these amazing ideas that weren't right for them. It's not like they were shit ideas. It's just that they weren't right for the, for that size yeah. organization. No different than Movember, right? I was like, I could have taken that idea to anyone, 
<laughs> no one, no one would have listened to me. <laughs> We're going to grow mustaches. We're going to change the world. Like, yeah, uh, like doomsday. We're not going to really sell anything. We're just going to be, <laughs> it was like, all right. Okay, buddy. So your doomsday was really cool. November was getting bigger mm. and bigger, mm. a lot of stakeholders, more people involved. And I just wanted something that I could sort of really control, really, really control from a small business perspective. Yeah. I don't mean control as in I'm the Messiah. I just mean that I can have a hand on it every level. Mm. And that's what it excited me. You know, that's, that's really the bones of it. And I was sitting in Barcelona with my wife and we spend a big chunk of the year over there. Mm. Um, and I was just like, you know what? I'm spread way too thin. I'm losing... Um, I've, I can't really do much. It, I don't know. It was just the frustrations were getting there. And I'm like, you know what? I, I need to start to shed some things out of my out of my life. You know, mm. Get rid of the sandbags out of the hot air balloon before I just hit the side of the hill kind yeah. of mentality. Yeah. So I just literally rang my partner one day and I said, you know what? I, I, I'm done with doomsday. I just, it's, it was seven years. Huh? It wasn't just a flash in the pan. Mm. And I just think you, you, you take it. You have all my equity and I just wish you guys well. I love the place. Mm. I've just, I look at some doomsday tattoos on my body now and going, <laughs> eh, no, they could stay, you know. <laughs> so, no, I absolutely love it. I, you know, I, for a lot of years I was more, I don't know, more proud, but I would talk about doomsday. Just it was like, what do you do? It's like, this is what I do, you know, no mention of mustaches. You look at things like Movember and Doomsday and what have you, that you consistently talk about business partners and partners and people that you're working with. So the, the yeah, collaborative nature yeah. is something that's obviously ingrained in you. Yeah, it's it's a conversation I have all the time. My, I, I keep referring back to Marta, my wife. Um, she has a name. And you, you know, I'm always talking to Marta, who's a very much the polar opposite of myself as far as she's an independent. She likes to work solo on her program, very successful projects going on around the world as yeah. well and i w- watch her work with maybe one or two other people i just admire that so much <laughs> and she's always kind of going yeah but you've got this huge team and and i'm like i no, i'm not that person i you know i think i'm more like her to be honest but mm. then it was only the other day i've got this other kind of idea i want to sort of kick start in the new year if we're if <laughs> when the time is right and i'm like right i'm not getting anyone involved this is 100% just I'll make all the decisions and do everything. Was like last week, I was just kind of scratching my head. I'm like, I've already invited two partners in. <laughs> I'm like, what have I done? I've done it again, you know? And I, But I know, to your point, I can't do all this stuff by myself. Yeah. And when you think big and you want to have uh, amazing, you know, amazing things on the go, you, you just surround yourself with the right people. And these two blokes that I'm talking about, they will make this next thing really successful. You know, I, I just believe in uh, the shared approach. But yeah, there's not a day pass. I go back. No more business partners. <laughs> Even though I love them all to bits. Well, Movember wouldn't have probably happened had you sat there on your own sort of thing, had it not been that whole partnership thing because it you feed off each other and, and then suddenly you turn two beers into a billion. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, you're right. And that absolutely that conversation. Just be sad if I was sitting in a bar by myself talking to myself about <laughs> mustaches. But anyway, you know, absolutely that that conversation to be having it with Lucky at the time. Yeah, Luke, it's absolutely the product. The end result is Movember, and you, yeah, you're exactly right to bounce ideas. And I'm 
I'm a very strong believer that, yeah, I can get my way around a spreadsheet and doing BAS and, you know, tax returns and HR policies and all this stuff. I've done it all before, but I'm not the best at it, mm. right? There's got to be better people. If I'm the best at finance, we're <laughs> in trouble. So there, I just, I want to, I want to be blown away and inspired by the people I work with. And mm. I'm, you know, urchin my studio before, or our studio before, you know, Doomsday, which ran for 25 years with with four of us, was epic. You yeah. know, it's like being in a band, to yeah. be honest. Like yeah. when you, and when you're working on music stuff, you know, you kind of got to remind yourself that you're not a musician. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're, you don't have that excuse. But you are part of the band, though. You're just, you're yeah, just not on yeah, stage. Yeah. So. yeah, that's true. We're the roadies, maybe. So yeah. let's unpack the Movember thing quickly and talk about where it started. For those who don't know the story, it really, so it was 2003, and it really literally started with you and a mate sitting having a couple of beers. That's literally where this amazing global brand kicked off in melbourne no good story started with a salad okay so <laughs> um yeah it was a chance conversation we bumped into each other after probably a decade of of not seeing each other and luke lucky had gone off to do his thing and i'd sort of gone to explore the world you know i said i'd give myself those two rules never work in an office and go and see the go and see the planet before you sort of just you know call fitzroy fitzroy or home so our conversation jumped around from business to travel to all kinds of weird and wonderful things to clients we were you know that i was working on at the time lucky had a, a skate company or like a dish dish license and distribution company from a couple of big brands out of the us mm. and really really kind of really cool brands too to be honest and i i was also had sort of the similar thing with i presume kind of like competing competing brands mm. And so from culture and, you know, skateboarding to us is, is a counterculture. It's a very underground movement. And, you know, these are very hidden, it's kind of a hidden sense, but especially back there, maybe not so much today. It's very much more part of the mainstream. But mm. back then it was, you know, it came with so many little nuances of communication, how to reach these kids, how to be true to this kind of, you know, punk rock history of, of of the sport. To me, like the skate scene, are uh, very much at the forefront of fashion and trends. You know, they they kind of you know you can tell what's going to come out next. I see a kid skate past and go to march. I'm like, whole oh, shit, baggy jeans are back. You know, because <laughs> they 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 are so on the on the cusp of of what's next. Mm. And you know, we're having these conversations and. At the same time, I had been asked to go and work in a breast cancer uh, network, an organisation, which was quite polarising um, for me personally. Not, not, or maybe it was for them too. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was that that deep dive into the world of cancer, mm. and that was to me really, really intriguing. And I kind of couldn't really get my head around or comprehend. Uh, why charities were sort of meant to act and work and function in a particular way. Mm. I, I'm like, I, I don't know. November's a celebration. I just wanted to celebrate it. You know, my, my clients and my life and all the things at the time. I mean, we were 29, you know, um, we, we were in, it was, it was a celebration and 
we had had friends pass along the way and we celebrated life, you know, and it, I don't know if that's a cliche yet, but it was really where our head came from. And I'm like, why can't we create an organization that is, or a thing and mm. not even an organization. It was just, why can't we create this thing, a platform or a brand where mm. the product is men's health. We think and act like skateboarders and surfers and action sports and, you know, things that we love, but let's not make it act like a bank or yeah. um, a nursing home. Uh, let's, let's do something really cool and pretty wild. And, you know, doesn't, you know, well, I, I always said kind of, you know, it's to laugh in the face of danger. That's how I want to look at the world of cancer or, you know, anything really super serious and life threatening. And I think it's a really nice Aussie mentality to kind of have that approach. And, you know, and then we just started building on that. And and at the same time, we're talking about facial hair because there was a guy we knew with a big old mustache and we were laughing, you know, <laughs> and we just thought that was hilarious. And it was a gentleman's agreement. I, I, you know, I'll grow a better mo than you. What a conversation, huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, there was that purity of, hey, let's grow mustaches. And you know what? And uh, listen, it, MS Readathon, you know, Rocktober. Come on, it's not like it was just this perfect storm of. Yeah. Hey, remember when we used to read a book and get you? You know, you'd ask your mum for a fifty cents. Let's get it sponsored to grow mustaches. Mm. You know, and Lucky just said, "Right, we'll call it Movember." I'm like, yes, great, go to the bar. <laughs> <laughs> How do you then take that and become? an official thing, you know, like, cause it's great to have ideas. And I think a lot of people have sat there and, and had great ideas. You know, you did take an idea that was just over a couple of beers and a, and a bit of a laugh. And, but it, it is now like an epic global movement. How do you do that? Yeah. I, and from the ideas perspective, I mean, imagine the ideas that come flooding out in the showers in every morning around the world or yeah. at, at all the bars. Imagine being able to get all the publicans together in one room and, and, what they've heard over the years it's it, there's two parts it's simple there's two parts to every idea there's there's the idea and then there's what you do with it and it's you know life's too short to not act on a bad idea and mm. i think we were kind of in the in the headspace of ideation you mm. know for mm. clients so i didn't see an issue with sort of kicking it into gear I mean, it's not rocket science and it's not all us either. You know, I mean, anything's just got to have this natural sort of momentum. Mm. And if people don't get behind something, it's like, I mean, think of all the amazing bands in the world, just in their garages, kids just rocking it out. And unless that gets picked up by something or goes commercial or, yeah. you know, the power of radio, yeah. boom, people know about it. And we were very fortunate as well. It was right time, right place, but we had the right groove. Mm. You know, we, we knew what we had to do and you know what, being a, a little bit naive paid, paid off. I don't think you would ever try and embark on what we tried to, if you just, if we knew what we know now. Mm. So that was, we were unaffected by the cancer word or the cancer journey. I didn't have an emotional connection to it, so which that allowed us to think differently. Mm. It allowed us to celebrate it rather than sort of be beaten into submission by it. So that, that was kind of a very good part of the recipe. Mm. And I, we just had the 
I don't know. I I quit every year. I I, I, I get to the <laughs> December and I'm like, holy shit, I'm not doing that again. That was crazy. It's going to kill me at every level. But you just get up and you go mm. again. And from running my other small businesses, you know, I just knew what to do. Mm. Um, Lucky had run his own businesses, so we had that structure. Is right. My brother was, you know, coming out of the Australian Defence Force as an officer with the commandos so you know leadership is tick you know (laughs) um discipline tick so all that stuff and you know if you marry all that together it was just a perfect storm Mm. it really was and then you just go for it you go for it and all of a sudden you go hey guys are doing it in perth like right let's hit them up do you want to help out yes you know okay there's someone's doing it in alice springs oh my god contact them let's do this Seriously, it's it's twenty four hours a day for seventeen years. Uh, it's mm. yeah, God, I don't even want to. You know, we we went into seven. We launched officially into seven countries one year at once, and not just blind <laughs> and stupidly. This is well thought out, well planned. Working with you know um, prostate cancer foundations on the ground doing all all our due diligence you know we set up a board of directors which i sat on for my term and Mm. we all sat on it actually um over the years you know setting up global scientific committees and and again uh, this is a this kind of the shitty part but you know money talks so we were very fortunate enough to say right canada if you want our money we want to have a position on on your board and prostate cancer canada not not just canada (laughs) so um that allowed us to take control of our money see where the money's going have major impacts you know be very efficient with it um and 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 effective Mm. so but then multiply that across so many boards and so many countries and jurisdictions and nationalities and cultures and languages i think we're just stupid (laughs) to be honest (laughs) What was I thinking? It all boils down to the simplicity of it. Guys, grow my race of money. Even for the less complicated people in the world, that's pretty easy to understand. You know, mm. and it and it just resonates with blokes. And it's you know, I'm not one for going on about this whole bro code business, but but it sort of sits in that space. It's about blokes helping blokes. And a few weeks ago I had a really wonderful chat on air with Wayne Schwass and his his work in the pucker up movement and the mental health space for for particularly blokes. And it was really uh, a wonderful discussion around how we we overthink this stuff sometimes as as men, and we just you know the simplicity of it is probably a good bit of advice, isn't it, for anyone thinking about trying to how how do I raise money or how do I start a business and keep it simple. I think one of the biggest compliments I ever had throughout some of my work was man, this ability to keep stuff simple. At the same time, I used to kick and scream every day at work, just going, why is this so complicated? It's just way too complicated. And, you know, guys are simple creatures, right? And, yeah, we can complicate everything after that, but there's just some basics. And, Mm. you know, there's a competition element to this. I'll grow a better mustache than you. Guys love a bit of a competition, you know, healthy, friendly competition. And it's simple. So... Things can become very complex in their simplicity, though. Mm. I get that. And that's the beauty of technology. You know, you look at your iPhone. Wow, what's going on behind the screen is... Crazy. Yeah, Yeah, it's crazy. crazy. But to us, it's just, you know, pretty pictures and beautiful typography. And (laughs) uh, it it is... It uh, Again, how do we keep this simple? Mm. And 
one of the biggest challenges we have at the moment, which is a great challenge and I relish it, is how do we take all the amazing men's health achievements, you know, the programs, the the things that we've done and we can sort of blurt it out in a very simplistic approach or, or language that I can understand. Mm. I just pride myself on being a pretty simple average dude. If I can't understand where the money's going, then no one else can. So, but to be working with some of the biggest brains in prostate cancer and testicular cancer and whatnot, it's it's deciphering all that that scientific information and being able to Put it on a platter for the Movember community to go, right, that's pretty simple. Mm. And when our money's doing so much at so many different levels, I always said, I'm like, shit, I wish we just focused on one thing because you could go X amount in the dollar goes there. You know, it's a very simple mentality and a very simple message. Um, you know, so that's where our, our, you know, our work's become very complex because of the different diseases that we're, we're tackling. But yeah, keep it simple. And mm. that's the hard part. One of the great prostate cancer research uh, fundraisers other than November that I love each year, and we haven't obviously been able to do it this year, is being involved with a number of the uh, biggest ever blokes barbecue events. I don't know if you've ever been to one of those, which is, which is great in a number of levels. One, simplicity, just a whole heap of blokes uh, get together, eat dead cow and have beer. Um, yeah. Simplicity <laughs> of that. But at the same time, it opens the conversation up because it, it, you know, there's a number of guest speakers, and it's just a wonderful, really simple event. Raises some money, but but probably more importantly, just gets the conversations happening and just helps people to have a bit of a chat about stuff because prostate cancer is something that you know has been pretty dark for a long time. It's not something we talk too much about. Mm. But I don't know about you, but as I get older and older, I have more and more friends that have that have succumbed to it and have had issues with it. So I think. Again, that's another great event that has that same simplicity about it too. Just come together and drink a few yeah, cans and yeah. eat some meat. Yeah, that's true. The um the PCFA, isn't it? Prostate Cancer Foundation of Australia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Their, their yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think I've been to one many, many years ago. Again, it's a barbecue, yeah. you know, like <laughs> it's you know, it's just galvanizes Aussie guys, right? The yeah, barbecue. Yeah. It just brings you all together with a couple of beers and <clears throat> I definitely got into this whole thing thinking men don't talk and men don't care you know i think that was one of the biggest i don't know i was just adamant probably very uneducated but adamant that that's that was the case and mm. i had my dad you know who's that uh, that aussie guy as well you know with the she'll be right mentality and it's it's funny because men do care and men do talk mm. right absolutely it's just uh, they just talk at a different volume sometimes and in, in a different place and in less words. But the care factor is there. And, mm. you know, the, the she'll be right mentality of my dad when, you know, when, I don't know, from day one, I've been like, you know, dad used to say, she'll be right, Trav, she'll be right, mate, she'll be right. And I'm like, no, she, whoever that is, won't be right. <laughs> and, and we need to talk. And, you know, it was very nice when I, I heard that my dad was actually doing PSA tests and taking that stuff serious. And, mm. you know, I, I saw him last week and, he, you know, through COVID, you know, just the last couple of years from a heart attack to a stroke to open heart surgery only a couple of months ago in Frankston, I think. Yeah, and, uh, you know, from human error. And my dad the whole time, you know, lost a sight in one eye due to the stroke and it was just a it's just been a parade of horribles the whole way through this thing for mm. him 
but he got a you know the, the thing was he rang ambulances he'd got it i don't feel well trav i'm going i'm going if i get one more phone call where he's taking himself to emergency <laughs> you know but then he's hooked up and he's in intensive care and i see you and he's like nah trav she'll be right mate we got it's gonna be okay there's worse people than me there's worse people than me and it made me start to think like maybe the she'll be right thing isn't what I thought it was of I don't care, just ignore it. Mm. Uh, that positive mental attitude of no, 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 it'll be right. But, but that when you're saying that when you're in intensive care is a really good thing. Yeah. If you're saying that laying on the floor of the shed because you've had a stroke, that's not cool. Mm. So... I don't know. I think I've learned just so much along along the way, and I, I really kind of probably, I don't know. I used to probably pick on the she'll be right comments too much, and because I really didn't really maybe understand exactly the true essence of it. And it's, it's interesting because it's, it's nice. interesting because you you know I'm sitting here you know chatting about she'll be right, and you sort of almost think that at its core it is actually someone saying to someone else. Um, look, I don't want you to worry about it. It's almost it has a care element to it, doesn't it? Because it's saying, "Well, she'd be right, mate." Is in, don't worry about me. I'll be okay. And that, mm. that's not me saying I'm bulletproof. That's me saying I don't want you necessarily to worry about it. Particularly if it's a, a father. My father lives in Mornington and was in hospital for large periods of this whole COVID nonsense as well. And right. and Dad was a little bit the same. He was saying, "You know, no, I'll be okay. I'll be okay." But he, he's not. He's just Scottish, so she'll be right. It's not part of his vocabulary. There's other. Okay. There's other words, right? Yeah. But, but it means the same. Yeah, I bet you he sounds cooler though with that Scottish accent. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, he's meaning the same thing, and he wasn't saying that thinking that he's going to be he's bulletproof, whatever. As I said, it's more about him saying to me that I don't want I care I don't want you to worry about it. I don't want you to worry yeah. about me, and that's that's certainly how I took his his take on it. So yeah, it is it is mm. true. And when you actually see your dad go, no, so, I don't I, something's not right. Yeah. You you realise that the she'll be right isn't a mask. It's actually, you know, so it's really, mm. it's really encouraging that, um, you know, that, 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 uh, you know, I'm, I learn every day and I think men's health is a very dynamic kind of, you know, fluid thing. It's not, it's not the 1800s mm. and every year the, the progress that I've seen that's, you know, Movember has been a part of as men and many other factors, um, you know, it's, it's really encouraging, mm. really, really encouraging. Well, finishing up on the Movember discussion, how has 2020 been for Movember? We're, we're almost at the end of it now for this year. Has it has it been, um, obviously there's been challenges with all of the COVID restrictions and what have you, but has it been uh, has it been really different for the, for the organisation and the movement? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, poor new, we've got a new CEO. Oh my gosh. I felt so sorry for them from uh, when the, like the, you know, the world exploded and yeah. it's like, okay, now deal with this. It's, uh, we have a great community. We have a solid community. We have a lot of, you know, it's a very good, you know, the movement is strong, uh, you know, with the utmost respect to what the world's going through and all the loss, um, Movember is more relevant than ever in these times and that conversation and the social um, connection and the checking in and, uh, you know, it, it was almost at Movember, this is our time to shine um, in some regards. So it's been, it's been good. It's obviously, it's been odd. I, I really respect the, the Movember, the man, the management team, they, they shape shifted. They, you know, they, they adjusted very quickly uh, as did the staff from working from home and all mm. that kind of thing. It so that was really 
that was really impressive to see the organisation, and I'm from a little bit from afar, to see how they they moved so quickly. Uh, you know, the numbers the numbers are okay. Uh, you know, at, at this time, so it's it feels really good. It feels in good health. Um, it's strong. It's you know, the message is out there. The love for it it seems to be. You know, I don't know. It feels like the love for it's it's stronger than ever. Mm. But my it, then our first lockdown in Melbourne, I'm like, where's all these mustaches coming from? It's like every guy in Melbourne had a mo, and I'm like, it's too early. It's too early. <laughs> Just mm. wait, wait, wait. Um, so yeah, no, it's it's been. Yeah, I'm I'm very humbled and impressed by how it's how it's gone, and we've had to add a few things to the to the mix. So we added a new a new sort of. Um, platform for people to participate called mow your own way mm. and it's really almost doing whatever you like to be honest you know because we i don't know every day you hear about someone running across the country or someone's paddled from here to somewhere you know or mm. i've run a marathon around my block you know from november it's just amazing and we really wanted to make sure that we could capture that and and uh, give people the tools and the, and the and the resources that they need on through movember.com to 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 mow their own way. I saw that mow your own way thing and, and I think the tagline on it was something like think big, go bigger or something like that. And I thought yeah. what a what a fabulous, uh, because it, it extends a life, doesn't it? It's not just about growing mows now. Movember is about, is, is about the cause and about the movement. And, and if someone wants to, as you said, run around their backyard, you know, 2.8 million times during a pandemic um, to raise money for Movember, well, that's actually okay too it's not just about see someone like myself i've got you know i've got a reasonable amount of facial hair growing a mo is something that what do i do and and that mow your own you way you've got to remove that little bit oh, just here I don't know. and then you've got a mustache it's yeah. like so close yeah, yeah, but, you know i've worked really hard at this you know so but it does give you that i guess it gives you the um the ability to participate with not necessarily having to grow a mo and then that's that really yeah. does mean this thing is just going to go bigger and bigger and bigger you you say you resign every year and you quit every quit every year i think you're gonna have to get used to that because i think uh i think it's just going to continue to grow because it is it's, just yeah it, i mean the future looks really good i'm i'm extremely optimistic and and i'm and and you know maybe still that still naive you know mm. to 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 where i picture it going and you know the mustache is just it's our ribbon it's our badge it's the walking talking billboard you know it's what sparks the conversation especially now maybe not in 2003 you were just abused um but you know it's so that's that's all it is and that's from a brand perspective, it's you know it's it's what we sort of can beat down tradition with. But we've always you know the the convers the the tagline is um, you know changing the face of men's health. We knew we knew if we did what we were if we succeeded in what we're about to embark on, that prostate cancer wouldn't be a major issue down the track at some point. Mm. Uh, and it was, you know, from the mo to toe. It was the complete, the complete guy, and we found that a lot of guys, a lot of the young crew coming through Movember and actually coming to all the parties and really, really getting into it, had been through a testicular cancer journey. So that's why we brought that on. And there's this physical inactivity, you know, and the move. I mean, again, it was a very happy accident. <laughs> this, this stuff writes itself, right? It's not me, but you know, move is the first four letters of Movember. So we we 
many, many years ago, it was simply getting off the tram a stop earlier or parking your car down the street. It wasn't trying to run the London Marathon or, you know, or, you know, run to the top of Mount Wellington in Tasmania. It was literally just, hey, guys, take the stairs kind of mentality. Hmm. Then we just saw these people, you know, and, and especially the women, like just doing crazy stuff, you know. I've cycled to Adelaide. You're like, okay. <laughs> or I, oh, my God. It, the, this thing, especially through North America as well, and the Canadians, oh, my God, they just blow me away every time. And that's when we're like, we need to sort of make move a bit more epic, you mm. know, like it's there is this kind of really love for this, you know, I don't know, people putting their bodies to, to the extreme. So yeah, mow your own way. It's, mm. it's, it's amazing. And it's really, it's, it got me excited again, you know, to, to be able to partake in, you know, the sports or activities that I love that are not running around the block, you know, they're, I don't like running. <laughs> Can you tell? Well, Travis Garani, thank you so much for your time today and uh, really appreciate having the having the yarn. We could continue on for ages, I feel. But uh, <laughs> I think November uh, this year has helped to galvanise people, as you said, particularly around this, um, the pandemic and all of the challenges that everybody's faced. We've all had different levels of challenges, but the one common, I think, is everybody's had a challenge this year of some description. Um, so thank you for your time and, and good luck with coming up with words that rhyme with Mo. <laughs> I know. I'm like, thank you for having me. But the play on words, I'm like, we've got one. That's enough, please. <laughs> so, thank you very much. Cheers, mate. The Sunday Celebrations radio show airs on Easy Music 3MP in Melbourne every Sunday morning at 8 o'clock. With thanks to Tobin Brothers Funerals Celebrating Lives, we'll be back with another episode next week. I'm your host, Grant Johnston. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.